Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look. Wrestling 101, class is in session Pay attention to the teachings, that's from Andrew and Derek I mean these guys making a killer with no competition Dynamic duo better than the Hardy Boys and the Dudley Boys Everybody make some noise, mess with them, you get destroyed They cannot be beat, take a seat, watch them do they thing on the MIC Face defeat, they cannot be seen like JC Oh my goodness, it's in killer spree, yeah? What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Wrestling IQ 101. You know me. I am Derek on behalf of Wrestling IQ 101. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, YouTube, at Wrestling IQ 101. Make sure you subscribe. Check out all of our latest episodes. Today is a very, very special day. We got a very special person with us uh, here today, uh, Miss Miranda Morales, uh, host of The Miranda Show uh backstage interviewer a ring announcer and i know there's a ton of other things that i'm missing that she does because she's the most hardest working woman in wrestling today the queen of soft style as well miranda how you doing i'm doing great derek thank you so much for having me on and i was just saying i'm really glad that we get to talk one-on-one we always talk in you know in in our groups and circles but i'm Mm -hmm. really excited to be here with you uh, uh, on the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, like, uh, we, we have our, our podcast group, um, you know, where we all lean on each other and support each other. Um, and you know, uh, a lot of you guys, uh, great, you, uh, Rob from Bob Culture, Stephanie from the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, Ty, the Ropes Media, um, you know, it was, it was my goal to like, get all of you guys on the show and you know one by one i'm accomplishing that because i think all you guys are great and you guys are doing some amazing work so i wanted people to you know see a show that was just about you and not you guys talking about other people so this is my goal with you know trying to get you guys on the show for sure well, uh, thank you. I, you're right. I mean, we have been really fortunate to have this community of podcasters come together and share our thoughts and victories and successes and challenges. And that's really what it's all about. And no matter what you're podcasting about, you always have those things as a podcaster who who genuinely cares about. there too with your multiple podcasts so uh you know you you make it hard to live up to man (laughs) nah i'll try to be like you guys trust me trust me um so tell the fans like um exactly what you're a part of i know you do so many things that what i know miranda i just know miranda does a whole bunch of things i know she hosts the miranda show and then she does like 20 other shows on top of it so just (laughs) tell the fans everything you're a part of and what you do yeah, you know, I, it's hard for me to say no to projects, I guess, but they're all really unique and, and different. And that was a big part for me being a part of a, a few different wrestling websites and their products. And, and I'll go into, into it in a second, how they're all pretty different, but I, I'm uh, part of several different wrestling related podcasts. Uh, the, my, my own podcast, the one that is just me, is the hashtag Miranda show, which is part of the chairshot.com. Um, and it's really my random ramblings and thoughts uh, of the world of pro wrestling. And especially as a, a female fan and one that's very more driven by storyline, um, you know, what, how do I perceive wrestling and what's important to me? 
I do that show with my good friend, Greg DeMarco, uh, who is also the kingpin of the chairshot.com as I like to call it. He runs the site, he, he runs all of it. And so even just seeing that friendship dynamic of, of two friends who enjoy pro wrestling, but have very different views and historical points of reference. Uh, I'm a 90s kid. I grew up in the 90s watching wrestling, and that is my sweet spot. But I know others, the 80s is for them, the late 2000s is for others. So I always bring that perspective in. Um, but we also talk about you know uh, women's wrestling a lot as well. That's for me a, a big uh, portion of my fandom and what's important to me but we you know usually talk about what's happening with uh the wwe uh aew just yesterday i recorded an episode where i reviewed uh, impact wrestling's bound for glory pay-per-view that just happened um uh, this past week and really all that was about was just me sharing the things i liked and i didn't like um and if you haven't watched bound for glory very unpredictable very polarizing so just gonna leave that out there um, I also am part of the Greg DeMarco show on the chairshot.com, which is Greg's podcast. And that's how I actually got started. Greg has been his show. Why do you want to come uh, be a special And I said, sure, I'd love to be uh, and be part of the, the group with himself and Patrick O'Dowd. And I never left. And that seems to be kind of a motto that I have. I just show up and never leave. Uh, so we've been doing that now for almost two years. And it's a, a really fun show. Um, and it's just different dynamics as well uh, as a trio of podcasters uh, from different life experiences and locations. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I also do a weekly impact on Access TV review with Big Gold Belt Media. Myself and Nigeria Chambers, every week we review uh, Impact Wrestling, that week's episode. We share our highs and our lows, usually our highs, things that really pop us. But um, that's really fun because I think Impact Wrestling overall is viewed as an underdog still. A lot of people still have, you know, TNA in the taste of their mouth when it comes to Impact Wrestling. So for me, giving that company a shot this year, I think has really changed my perspective of pro wrestling. And you know, what makes wrestling companies really special and unique and also maybe why people aren't into them because everyone has their niche. Everyone has, you know, what they like and what they don't like. And then the final podcast I'm a part of is from luchacentral.com and that's the Lucha Central weekly podcast. And so as you can guess, it is Lucha centric. So we talk everything Lucha Libre. We discuss the Luchador related events from the US, like what's happening with say Lucha House Party on WWE or the Lucha Bros on AEW. Um, or Ty Valkyrie at Impact Wrestling, or, you know, uh, LA Park uh, with MLW, you know, those really Lucha Libre, Luchador trained uh, superstars and what they're doing within the world of U.S. wrestling. But of course, we also cover what's happening with tri AAA and CMLL, some of the smaller independents like IWRG and Lucha Time. Um, and we also talk and just celebrate the history of Lucha Libre. A very cool segment we do is this week in Lucha Libre history, where we pick an event that happened during the, the week that we record. And it's usually a match or a special event that happened that week in history. And we just get to share our thoughts on it. And, you know, Lucha Libre is very uh, entranced in, of course, Hispanic and Latino culture but also just in, in the heritage of family, in the style of high flying, in 
masks and so many other elements that make up Lucha Libre. So for me, it's been a very cool experience to be part of the Lucha Central Weekly podcast because it's a whole other aspect of, of wrestling that I knew about, but I never really explored. And I'm really glad I have that opportunity now because Lucha Libre is amazing and it's really caught on here in the States and it has influenced so many people in just their style in their, even in their look um, and even how storylines are written and developed. So um, that, that holds a special place in my heart, but yeah, that's, that's my week. That's on a weekly basis for different podcasts, but uh, they're all very different. They all have kind of their unique thing and they're kind of their niche. So that's why too, I feel like each one has its own place for, you know, those who are more geared towards us wrestling. Um, you know, some of the other podcasts are, are a good fit, but maybe if you're interested in learning a new segment or maybe if you're just interested in impact, or maybe you're just interested in WWE, I think I have a, a a pretty big scope of work in all of them but that's because I just love it too like I think that's yeah. what we all do we all love wrestling and for me I can't get enough and that's why I talk about it for hours on end every week yeah no no definitely that that's awesome amazing stuff and I'm just like yeah you you literally just hit everything that you could hit in wrestling you cover all the grounds and like every company um now my next question is, is going to be how do you have time for all of this stuff? Like, how are you even doing all? I'm like struggling with two shows and you're here with four. <laughs> like, like, how are you doing it? Well, I, get, I think a few key elements is one is timing. So I kind of slot certain days of the week for work uh, on podcasts. I do it on my, you know, off time. I have a, a real job. So I do it after the real job ends. Yeah. Um, so it's finding the time and blocking off time in, in the schedule. Planning is a big one as well. Uh, I, you know, the, the key to a lot of this is just planning and preparation. And even if it's in the smallest detail, just thinking about what you want to talk about and um, how much time you want to set aside for it. And, and you know, uh, partnership. I, I have a lot of amazing partners in these. I, if I had to do all of these alone, then I wouldn't be doing them because I'd be lost. But Greg DeMarco, you know, my, my, my friend, my mentor with thechairshot.com, he plays a very big role in the work that I do with thechairshot.com. Nijir Chambers with the Big Gold Belt Media, uh, he's someone that I actually met last, this earlier this year uh, at Hard to Kill when they were actually allowing fans <laughs> in, um, um, in arenas. And he's an amazing partner and podcast colleague. Um, and same thing with luchacentral.com. Um, I co-host that show with Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy. And they have been my go-to people for Lucha Libre. They have the extensive Lucha Libre knowledge that I am still learning. So that for me is a big key to success. If you have good partners, good people that you can rely on, that you can count on, you know, you can prepare with. Um, and uh, just, yeah, just timing too, just kind of blocking up time, figuring out the right time. And it makes some days very long, but you know, it, it's worth it when you get to do something you really enjoy. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, definitely can relate to that. Um, you know, one thing you said, you were talking about, uh, you know, the weekly impact show you do, um, that I was, that is probably what I was probably most impressed with, to be honest. Um, because, I, I like that you you kind of like you you stared your own way because you know everybody that's out here uh, they're talking about WWE always and then if they're not talking about WWE they're talking about AEW yeah. so for you I, and I love Impact as well and I think those guys um, there's a lot of great guys there 
Um, there's a lot of guys that, you know, we've talked to and that we've actually seen here in New Jersey that we've seen go there as well. So, you know, for us, it's like we know the talent that's in Impact Wrestling. And um, I think it's kind of like you said, they have that that stain of kind of like, you know, the, the ending days of uh, TNA and um, people always, they even though they try to remake themselves and they try to change all the time, people like really don't give them a chance. And, you know, um, me, there was one point where literally I thought uh, TNA uh, and Impact, I thought they were they were better than WWE, but people were not watching it. And I'm like, these guys are amazing over here. I was like, no, he's watching this show. Like, come on, man. Um, so that that for me is what I, I'm the most impressed with that you do. And I'm glad that you you do that. And, um, you know, I, I always tell Rob, too, um, you know, I kind of like, I look at myself as uh, like a piece of, of everybody. So, you know, I see things and, you know, I think like, oh, that's a good idea. A good idea. Maybe I should try it. So it was like, you know, I always pick stuff from Rob, uh, talking to Stephanie, pick stuff from her. And then like from you too, I was like, like, we should shine light on other companies. Like, why don't people do Ring of Honor podcasts, MLW podcasts? Like, why don't people do these things? Because there's such great wrestling out here. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, you influenced me. And now, but then I'm like, on top of that, I'm like, now Miranda's making me do as much work as she does. <laughs> I, that's not the, I was not my intention, not my intention. But, you know, I, I think it's such a valid point, too, about even now, though wrestling is not at full capacity as it used mm-hmm. to be. I mean, if, if we were talking, you know, just back earlier this year where ev- everyone was going on full cylinders, in some ways it, it could be easier and harder because it would be easier that there's more content out there that say Ring of Honor is putting out there on a regular basis, that MLW is. Um, but now it's, it's almost a little easier that they're, it's slowly coming back because you can ease back into it. But that's also a challenge we have almost at Lucha Central. Um, every week when we are planning our rundown, we always have to kind of pick and choose who we talk about because we do want to shine a light and acknowledge MLW has a great Lucha Libre scene. Ring of Honor, you know, four, uh, I think three out of their four championships are held by luchadors. So, you know, there's always those little tidbits and glimpses that you want to shine a light on outside of just WWE and AEW because there really is a world beyond those two companies. And as fans, we can just get lost in that. We can just get caught up in the big two and not appreciate what other companies are doing too. Because I think as fans, we can easily get frustrated on what WWE and AEW are doing and not doing. How we don't like the booking, how we don't like how they're working with certain characters, you know, all of those things. But then we still kind of hate watch, you know? I, I love wrestling. I don't like WWE, I don't like Raw, but I'm still going to watch it and then I'm going to complain about it. When ultimately you have this whole landscape of pro wrestling that you can view and you can find what you like. You can find pieces of what you like out there in different companies. And I think it's really important to shine a light on them because you're right, they don't get the recognition that they deserve. And that's also that future pipeline of, you know, people, the stars that we're going to probably see in the WWE in the next 10 years are likely going to continue to come from Ring of Honor and MLW and even our local independent scenes. So we should do our best to keep an eye out uh, on them because they're producing really great talent and and product that, you know, could help subside all the times we get angry at WWE or AEW. 
Yeah, it's it's like being in an abusive relationship, right? Right, it's gonna get better, right? It's gonna get better, but no. No, it doesn't. Um, So for you, like you said, I I was born in 86, so uh, wrestling for me, I'm I'm 90s too. Like, you know, that's all for me. I think that was the best era of wrestling. And, you know, I I love the things that were going on during that time. Um, For you, kind of like, how did your love for wrestling start? What, What was it for you? that made you want to, you know, get into this and give a good portion of your time daily to this? I know, I don't know why. No same person would do this. And and actually, it, it so it's kind of two different parts. I grew up as, as a fan, um, watching in the 90s. Really, the big things for me was the Attitude Era, the Monday Night Wars, um, anything related to DX and Stone Cold, even some of the NWO. I keep forgetting that I was a pretty big NWO fan. I remember as a kid, I had a little mini TV that I would watch all my wrestling on, and I had an NWO sticker that I got from a store. And when the Wolfpack came about, I painted it red because I was Wolfpack. <laughs> Um, I just remember this from the other day, but uh, I love the stories. That is one thing I've always, always, always loved about wrestling. It's the stories. For me, um, at the time of of the Attitude Era, or or when it first arose, was actually Shawn Michaels versus Stone Cold, WrestleMania 14. That whole storyline coming up, I really started to watch uh, at the end of January when Stone Cold won the Royal Rumble. And then that whole storyline between him and DX and Mike Tyson. I think that just fascinated me and the character Stone Cold specifically fascinated me. Someone who was uh, angry, but entertaining, someone who didn't care, someone who just did whatever he wanted. Um, I loved that, but I also loved the dynamic of Shawn Michaels at the time, cocky, arrogant, um, you know, someone who was the champion, someone who had, you know, DX on his side to, to, you know, uh, help him out. And even the reformation of DX the night after WrestleMania 14, I loved, you know, I, I, I just was that idea of having this group, this core of people that just raised hell um, was, was really interesting to me. And so the stories, the stories and the bonds and the feuds and the rivalries, all of that just spoke to me as a kid and, and never really let me go. Yeah, no, definitely. I definitely can relate to that. Very great time in wrestling. Uh, I was ecstatic to see that uh, NXT was bringing back Halloween Havoc. <sighs> So I was like, oh, I think everybody loves that. That big, the big pumpkin and just every Halloween having is one of my favorite pay-per-views that WCW used to do back in the day. So I'm glad that, um, you know, they brought that back for sure. Um, you know, you're from uh, Arizona, right? You live in Arizona? Yes. How is, um, how is like the independent wrestling scene there or wrestling scene in general? I always yeah. think of it because, you know, here in Jersey, it's like we're flooded with wrestling. There's a new company opening every week. It's like, it's crazy here. And then we have Philly next to us and Pennsylvania. We have New York next to us. So we're just flooded here. How is it for you out there in Arizona? Yeah, I would say it's definitely a unique scene. Arizona is not really known for having uh, a deep wrestling scene, but it's deeper than people think. Um, at, at one given time, we were having a boom period right before everything happened with COVID with at least, I mean, six or seven different companies um between you know central and southern arizona um and even one in southwestern arizona um and so uh it it was one where we had a lot of talent coming in from california um and uh vegas you know those were kind of our two points of, of of when people came in but we had a very active wrestling scene and we still do it's coming back up again um 
And it's also getting to a big source of Lucha Libre influence. We also have promotions just dedicated solely to Lucha Libre, um, where they just focus on, on that style of wrestling. So um, I would say that we do get a lot of that West Coast um, uh, training and, and West Coast talent that come in, a lot of people from California. Uh, and that's a, a whole hotbed of, of talent as, as well. Um, mm -hmm. I would say that probably the most popular well-known wrestler out of uh, Arizona at this time is MLW Openweight Champion Alexander Hammerstone. Um, yeah. He is Phoenix, Arizona bred, and he is one that's done amazing things in MLW. Um, his look, his attitude, uh, the work that he's been doing with Dynasty is really, really funny. And also, he's really that scary, too. I mean, that size and that athleticism for someone of that stature, like, is freaky. So I'd say he's very active, but it's also a mix uh, of West Coast and um, and just, you know, uh, of other blends as well. But I do say, you know, there's lots of talent too that go off into California and, and even Las Vegas to, to work as well. That's another avenue that I started to venture off in. I'm, I've started mm -hmm. recently to work with future stars of wrestling out in Las Vegas. Um, and that too, for, for a lot of people on the West Coast is pretty well known. It was the last promotion that uh, one Karrion Cross was at. Uh, before he moved to NXT. So, um, you know, I, I think that it's still very intertwined, but it definitely isn't as close as some of the places that are in your uh, side of the country. It definitely takes a few hours to get from one city to another too. So that's also a great thing about fans is some of them really do take the time to travel, you know, two, three, four hours to go to wrestling shows. And that is a true testament of, of the amazing fans that are out here. But we got some uh, good, good group of people. I would say that if anyone is wanting to check out West Coast uh, Wrestling, the United Wrestling Network, um, that is the promotion that the NWA has partnered with for Primetime Live. Uh, they air every Tuesday and they have some of the best West Coast talent out there. They even bring out people from the other, you know, uh, parts of the independent sector, but Primetime Live um, from the United Wrestling Network, um, that is just, that embodies West Coast wrestling and I, I, I love it. So I would recommend uh, people to check that out on Fight TV. Awesome, definitely, definitely gotta check that out for sure. Um, so for you, when you, how did you get into doing, uh, ring announcing and like the, uh, backstage work? How did, how did that happen for you? Yeah. Um, at the time I was living in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and there was an independent promotion there. And it was actually my first exposure to independent wrestling. Um, and this was about four years ago. I had heard about independent wrestling, but I'd never been to an independent wrestling show. I had always gone to WWE shows. And so for me, um, going to an independent show was a whole eye-awakening experience. Like, it was so much fun to feel so connected to the actual product, to, you know, the wrestlers, to the matches, uh, being able to see it in such a different way, too. You know, it just felt like you were more part of the experience. And I loved that. Um, the company that was running at the time, Destiny Wrestling Organization, was looking for people. They wanted to have people help out. And that was my ticket. Like, all the stars lined up. You know, here's an independent wrestling company. They're looking for people to come. I'm a fan. 
you know, the all it, opportunity knocks, but it doesn't beg. So I reached out to them and let them know that I was interested in working with them. And we talked and that's how I, I first started as a backstage interviewer. Um, my, I have a degree in communication, so I'm very comfortable talking with people and interviewing people that was never, you know, I could talk all day. So that's how I started off uh, doing backstage interviews. And then it evolved. They asked if I wanted to ring announce. And uh, just like anything in wrestling, you just say yes, and then you figure it out later. Um, so I did that. And I, luckily, I was eased into it a little bit. I was able to start announcing one or two matches per show. So it was not like, hey, here's a whole show you're going to announce. So I got to learn a little bit of that. And I also still really liked doing the backstage interviewing, too. So I got the best of both worlds at the time. And really, I mean, it was just you kind of got thrown in there and you just learn as you go along. How do you do an interview? And, you know, what, what is the end goal? I think that's the biggest thing I learned is you almost think backwards. What is the end goal that you want from the interview? And then how do you work your way to the beginning of it? Um, because ultimately, I always viewed my role as kind of a foil. How can I help project, you know, whatever the wrestler wants or help compel tell a storyline? Or how do I help sell this match? So when I always had that in the back of my mind, it kind of made the rest of it a little easy. But also you just ad lib. You just try things out and you see how, how it works. Um, and that was a very fun experience for me. I think with ring announcing, it was a little bit more different because you don't get that. You, you can plan, but you really only have one shot to say yeah. what you need to say in the ring and do it well. And um, that definitely has a little bit more nerve, nervous energy because you don't have multiple shots like you do in an interview. You have the one take. And if you mess up, you mess up, you know, but um, I do love the vibe of the crowd that too, being in front of a crowd and just being able to help them get excited and help tell the stories in the ring as well, or help set up matches. That too was a great aspect of, of ring announcing that I really enjoy. Definitely. Definitely. Um, now for me, I feel like all of us, when we, when we first start watching wrestling, it's like you kind of envision yourself wrestling and, you know, being at the main event of WrestleMania, <laughs> you know, it's all of our dreams. Did you ever have those dreams or ever had a thought of like actually entering the ring as a wrestler? No, never. <laughs> and it's weird because I think about who really influenced me as a kid. And to be honest, mm -hmm. if I was thinking about anyone I wanted to be, I wanted to be JR. I wanted to be Jim Ross. Gotcha. I wanted gotcha. to be the person telling the stories because he was one that I really gravitated to as a kid as like, especially the way that he would tell Stone Cold matches and Mick Foley matches, you know, like really pulling on your heartstrings, really trying to compel you to, to understand what is happening through the actions of, of whoever's competing. Even the stuff that he talked about The Rock. I feel like The Rock, though, was self-explanatory. The Rock got, got through what The Rock wanted to get through. But mm -hmm. I always imagined myself in more of a commentary role. That is what I wanted to do more than, than wrestling. Um, I've never been very athletic. So I think that's also why like that part never interested me. But uh, being somehow part of the storytelling, primarily through commentary, was like, what I wanted to do as a kid. Yeah, definitely. Um, so for you, what are your goals? Like, what do you want to accomplish with wrestling? And what do you want people, when it's all said and done, to know about Miranda Morales at the end of the day? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and, and they say vague goals lead to vague results, you know? Mm -hmm. And I and I get that. Uh, I would say there is a little bit of vagueness because I, this year especially, I would have said, you know, 
would have never predicted the way that things would have rolled out. I definitely did not intend to set on being on, you know, three different podcasts. It just kind of happened that way. So mm -hmm. definitely not a goal to like be at as many podcasts as possible. I feel like my goal is to continue the work that I'm doing and ensure with quality and support those websites to get the recognition that they deserve as quality websites for pro wrestling. Um, you know, I, I want to be good representatives and that could be part of too, you know, what I hope people remember from me is that I was, you know, just a good representative of those sites that I work with in integrity um, and commitment, but also just love and passion for pro wrestling. And that I just get to help show others a side of wrestling that maybe they didn't think of, or maybe they didn't know that they wanted to know about wrestling. Um, and so I want to continue with those projects, but also to help elevate those, those websites, um, because they all do amazing work within pro wrestling. And I don't think they get the recognition that they each deserve. As far as internet, you know, announcing and, and interviewing that too has its own set of goals. Um, you know, to be honest, there's always a pipe dream to get to a bigger role, to a bigger company. That would always be amazing. But I also know kind of realistically with my life and my age and all those things, maybe it's not as possible. So I would just love the opportunity to continue what I'm doing for as long as I'm doing it and maybe reaching out and, and working with as many promotions as I can, that makes sense. You know, I think that um, there's so many wrestling promotions out there that uh, I would, you know, think I could be a good fit for and work for. Maybe some not, too. Um, I think a, a big pipe dream would be to announce somewhere internationally. Um, yes. For me, if I ever got the chance to work a Lucha Libre show, that would be amazing because that is so ingrained with my own culture and personality uh, as a Puerto Rican and someone who's still learning, not even just Spanish, but just the, the culture of Lucha Libre and the styles of wrestling. I think that it would feel like a culmination of all this work and interest if I ever were to announce somewhere in you know, Latin America, I think that would be amazing. But almost any country, I think for me, that would be like a big milestone. If I could announce or interview in a different country, that to me would be like, wow, you've, you've made it. You know, you got the chance mm -hmm. to go somewhere beyond your comfort zone, beyond your backyard, and you got to do something big. And I think that would be something I'd love to do in the next few years. Awesome. Yeah, that would be an amazing accomplishment for sure. Um, do you have any other talents that no one would know about outside of wrestling? Oh man, define talents. No, well, I don't, I like, I don't cook. I, I'm not a very good cook. Um, I don't dance very well. I'm a terrible dancer, actually. Oh, um, I'm a, uh, I don't, I'm not very artful in any of those things. Um, I would say I'm, a, I'm an avid shopper. I love, I love to shop. I always find a, a good deal. Um, okay. I would say maybe not a talent, but a thing that some people may not know is I'm an avid Hello Kitty collector. Um, wow. I do love to collect Hello Kitty items. I have this little Funko Pop here, which is just one item, but I literally have a whole shelf of 
uh, Hello Kitty items that I've collected since I was a teenager. I don't know what it is about Hello Kitty. It's just so cute and adorable. Oh, <laughs> and uh, I just I just love the Hello Kitty aesthetic. And I think I'll just collect Hello Kitty items for the rest of my life. Um, but that is like, not a talent, but I think it's just something about me that not a lot of people know that I love, love, love Hello Kitty. Hey, that's uh, that's a, an impressive impressive thing to be doing. Uh, it's very interesting for sure. Um, you know, uh, just because I know we have very limited time, because I know you're a busy lady. I already know you. Stop, you know, stop with that. You know, I, I will always make time for for you. And, and you <laughs> I know, know, I know. So don't we're gonna we're gonna do this again. I'm, I'm gonna wrap it up because. Uh, you know, I know we're tight on time, but I definitely want to have you back again. But yeah. I just want to say thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, you know, you're one of my homies and I, yes. I definitely love all the work that you're doing and everybody else that's in our, our podcast group that we have. Um, but for fans that are listening, if they want to follow you, if they want to check out all the great things that you're doing, how would they find you? Yes. So you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda hashtag spelled out. I do not have a Twitter that is part of, I guess it's almost a gimmick at this point. I do not have a Twitter. Uh, People try to convince me to have a Twitter. I know what wrestling Twitter looks like and it's a scary place. And I just don't think I'm mentally prepared for that yet. (laughs) So I stay in my comfort zone of Facebook and, um, and Instagram, but I do sometimes take over the Twitter account for the chairshot.com. I do this fun thing um, where I take over the, the chairshot Twitter account during NXT takeovers. Um, so that is my attempt at navigating wrestling Twitter, utilizing Twitter, sharing my thoughts on what's happening uh, during NXT takeover. So you can follow uh, the chairshots Twitter account at chairshot media. And that could be when you may be able to find me on Twitter. Awesome. All right. See, look, that's perfect. Miranda, once again, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to get this, you know, yes, chance to you. get this insight into who you are as a person. Um, definitely make sure you guys check out all the great things Miranda's doing. Um, make sure you Queen of Soft Style t-shirts too, right? They can, they yes, can yeah, those. no, very good point. So uh, I do have my own t-shirt. It's the Queen of Soft Style. And that mm. is just because I love Soft Style t-shirts. Anyone who's ordered a t-shirt, especially from ProWrestlingTees.com, you know that you have an option of ordering a t-shirt in Soft Style. And mm. I just highly recommend it. It's a little piece of heaven. And I've, with that, I've been dubbed the Queen of Soft Style. So you can order your very own Queen of Soft Style t-shirt on ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot uh t-shirts start at 1999 um you do have to pay a few extra dollars to get it in soft style but i promise you it is worth it to have that extra comfort on you all day long is is worth its weight in gold but yes queen of soft style t-shirt pro wrestling forward slash the chair shot perfect make sure you get that tea man definitely soft style tees are the best shirts by the way as well I'm just doing this, you know, if, if, you know, you listeners don't know by now, just buy a soft style t-shirt, you know, just do it. It will change your life. Definitely, definitely. And for us, this is Wrestling IQ 101. Make sure you follow, subscribe, retweet, all that good stuff at Wrestling IQ 101, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, iTunes, YouTube. You can check out this show. 
check out all of our past shows and all of our great shows that we have coming in the future. And for this episode, it's Derek, it's Miranda, and we are out.